Welcome to the Unborn Movement by Words to Inspire. We invite you to be informed, to be involved, and to be in prayer. On these podcasts, you'll hear stories from women and men who tell of the damaging after effects of legal abortion, physical, emotional, and spiritual. Such a dark stain on our nations around the world. The ripple effect on moms, dads, grandparents, and siblings impacts not only this generation, but generations to come. We are committed to also telling you through these dynamic stories about the amazing grace of our Heavenly Father. He offers love, forgiveness, and restoration to all who call on Him. We pray that every podcast highlights God's healing grace. And now... Today's podcast. Today's story is by Nora Smith, a pseudonym. Story 11 in Unborn, Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. The story title today is No Spirit of Fear. The year was 1977. I was 17 years old. My period was late and I was scared to death. I had been dating my boyfriend for two years. We had decided to have sex, and there I was. I made an appointment with the doctor, and he confirmed my fear. I was pregnant. When I told my boyfriend, we decided to tell our parents. Somehow, I ended up telling both sets of our parents myself. My dad told me I was not keeping it, and my mom simply cried and didn't say anything My boyfriend's dad beat him and yelled. His mom accused me of trapping him. That launched a very difficult time in my life. The doctor told me I could have an abortion, that what was in my womb was just a bunch of cells right now, and that he would refer me. The referral had to go before a board and be voted on. It took weeks, and meanwhile, the bump in my belly was growing. My parents didn't want me going out too much as I was starting to show. No one would speak to me at home because they didn't know what to say. It was very uncomfortable. My feelings for my boyfriend totally turned off. We broke up before the abortion, so he had no say in what happened to our our child. I was almost eight weeks along before the board decided I could have the procedure done. Things moved along quickly after that. I was forbidden to see my boyfriend, but that was okay because we had already broken up, so he had no idea what was going on. I had no one to talk to because this had to stay quiet. I was so scared and alone. The night before the abortion, I was lying on my bed in my room, wishing this had never happened. My mom came in and paced the floor. Clearly, she had no idea what to say. She finally managed to tell me that she didn't condone what I had done, but she still loved me. Then she left. No hugs, no tears. I was terrified and alone. The morning of the abortion, no one would talk to me or look at me. We were all in the dining room, and Mom and Dad were talking too softly for me to hear. I was deeply ashamed. I felt terrible for causing all this trouble and so very alone. Someone dropped me off at the hospital. I don't even remember who. 
The whole experience was like a really bad dream. I was wheeled to the operating room and left in the hallway for what seemed like forever. No one told me that there was another way or that Jesus loved me or that I could be forgiven for what I had done or was about to do. No one hugged me, reassured me, or told me I was going to be okay. The nurses shot hard looks at me. I wanted to apologize for being so disgusting. They wheeled me in and stuck a needle in my hand. When I woke up in recovery, I was crying for my baby. A nurse told me to be quiet and lie back down. Still groggy from the anesthetic, I got dressed and went out front to wait for my ride. I wanted to die. It was like my body went into mourning for my baby. I was very sore and scared, and I felt so violated. When I got home, I went straight to bed because I felt awful. My dad told me to get up and back in the house, even though they had told me at the hospital not to exert myself, and the bleeding was really heavy. He looked at me with such disgust. All I wanted to do was to make him love me and forgive me. But as the days passed, things grew worse between us. The only time I was permitted to leave the house was to go to school. The whole year was filled with self-loathing. I hated myself, and I felt as though everyone around me hated me too. A thought began to grow that if my dad and others thought I was a tramp, I might as well be one. One night, when my dad was working the afternoon shift, I pulled on my tightest jeans, applied heavy makeup, and headed uptown. Two men in a car pulled over and asked if I needed a ride. I said yes. The desire to punish myself was so overwhelming that I was willing to sink deeper into the abyss. I climbed into the car. The men asked me a lot of questions, one of which was whether I was looking for a good time. Again, I said yes and they drove to a back road. I don't know why, but before anything could happen, the driver turned the car around and drove me back to the spot where he had picked me up. I was deeply hurt and rejected, but I shrugged it off and got out of the car. Every attempt I made to degrade myself ended the same way. It would go so far, and then it stopped. I didn't know it then, but that was God saving me, from myself. Still, I wanted to hurt myself really badly. Before the abortion, I was on the honor roll at school and was obedient and respectful. I was a virgin. Look where that got me. I might as well be who they thought I was. However, gradually my feelings for my boyfriend came back. He had been my best friend and we had done everything together. I loved him very much. I sneaked around and called him all the time, and when I turned 18, he brought me an engagement ring. I showed my dad, thinking he would be happy for me, but instead, he asked me to leave the house. As soon as I graduated, I moved in with my boyfriend. We were married 10 months later in front of a justice of the peace at the courthouse. We have two lovely children whom we adore, and two wonderful grandchildren. But the abortion continued to be a constant source of pain and shame and hurt throughout our marriage. For years, I was on antidepressants. 
my husband promised we could renew our wedding vows at our 10-year anniversary. He was saved, and he and the kids attended a Pentecostal church. I didn't go with my family because I thought God would get me if I set foot in a church. My husband asked his pastor if we could renew our vows, and he said no because I was not a Christian. I was angry and decided to go to church the following Sunday to speak with this pastor. I sat in the pew with my son and listened to the message. For the first time, I heard that Jesus loved me and that I could be forgiven for my sins. Tears streamed down my face, and I didn't know why. The pastor asked if anyone wanted to pray the sinner's prayer. I raised my hand, and he asked me to come forward. My son came with me, and we gave our hearts to the Lord together. I had never experienced anything like it. Instantly, the love of God washed over me like a huge wave. And I knew without a doubt that I had been washed clean. I had been forgiven and set free of all the shame, anxiety, depression, and fear. I cried for three days. I told anyone who would listen about Jesus and his forgiveness and love. Everyone at work saw the difference in me. I read the Bible, attended every church service, and prayed every moment of the day. Soon I was off all medication, and I wrote a thank you card to my psychiatrist to tell him about my salvation and to let him know that I wouldn't need his services anymore. When I gave my heart to Jesus and started to read the Bible, the first thing God showed me was what he thought of me and who I was in him. He revealed to me that he had redeemed me and set me apart for his will, that I was chosen by him, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am loved, set free, and washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. The joy of the Lord filled me. It took time, but slowly I started to see myself as God sees me. One day, someone from the pregnancy center spoke at our church. Afterwards, she left brochures and I picked one up on post-abortion trauma counseling. I prayed about it and asked God who I could give it to. His answer was me. He wanted to take me through the healing of my abortion. I was so scared because I had never told anyone but my boyfriend and our parents about the abortion. It took a while to work up the nerve, but I finally made the appointment and prayed that whoever the counselor was, she would be a strong, godly woman. God's presence could be felt so strongly throughout the whole session. Lisa was my counselor. She was an RN, and God worked powerfully through her. She gave me scripture verses on fear. When I asked her why, she told me that we have an enemy, and he wants me to remain a captive of fear. But God desires to set me free. To totally understand what that means, I needed to be able to speak the word and get it in my spirit. Lisa assured me that memorizing scripture on fear was very important. So I memorized John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. 
First John 4.18 told me that there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And 2 Timothy 1.7 revealed to me that the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Those were three verses that I never forget. During counseling, Lisa instructed me to imagine that everyone who was involved in the abortion sat in a chair in front of me one at a time. As I did, I was able to tell them how they had hurt me. Later, imagining them on that same chair, I had to forgive each of them. I even got to ask Ruth Ann, the name I had given my unborn baby, to forgive me too. Lisa said she was with Jesus, so she would for sure forgive me. But it was so hard to ask her. Still, it was incredibly powerful. Lisa gave me a ceramic baby to represent her, and I was able to write an obituary and bury her symbolically. After all those years, I was given the opportunity to grieve my child and to go through all of the stages The anger I had was so big that I would shout and scream and cry. I spent so much time on my face before God. Nothing was left out. And by the time the course was finished, the healing was complete. When I told someone about my abortion for the first time, I wailed like a wounded animal. Thank God she was a good friend because I sobbed for hours. My husband even came to counseling with me once. Lisa was so surprised. She started towards us and then made a beeline for the office. A group of women were in there praying for our session, and she told them my husband was here. They were happy he had come to support me. When she told them, he is the father, they stayed in there and prayed for us for 20 minutes. I'll never forget when Lisa wanted me to walk in the Right to Life march. I was very apprehensive and nervous that someone there would know I'd had an abortion. Still, I went and I brought the kids too. They didn't know about my past, but came with me most places. It was a powerful experience. God showed me that I was not the same person I used to be. By his grace, it was as though the past had never happened. Sadly, some of the marchers looked down on people who'd had abortions, but I walked in mercy and sadness for the women who are lost and dying and don't know there is another way, who have never been told that there is a father who doesn't think they are dirty and disgusting, an all-loving, all-caring father who longs to show them real love, the love he showed me. God called me to go back to school for medical secretary and computer programming certificates. I graduated with honors and was able to attend graduation this time with both my husband and a friend there to celebrate with me. After I graduated, I got a job in a GP's office. It was wonderful until the day a girl came in for a referral for an abortion. I hung my head and cried and told the doctor that I couldn't be part of the chain that ended the pregnancy. I started to gather my things because I was sure I would be fired. He was angry and said it was part of my job. But his wife did not want to lose me. She spoke with him, 
and he was okay with it. I asked him if I could tell the girl that there were other options and help out there for her. He agreed. So I told her that Jesus loved her and that if she went through with it, she would regret it. She understood that I knew what I was talking about. I gave her the phone number for the pregnancy center and she ended up keeping her baby. When she brought her baby to the office to show me, I cried, partly because no one had told me what I had told her, but mostly because I was so happy for her and her baby. I've gone on to work in an OBGYN office and have been able to speak to many women. A friend of mine who also works for the OBGYN and I prayed constantly that the abortions would stop. Now there are no abortions done in the hospital I work at. Praise God. I led my mom to the Lord when I asked her to forgive me for the abortion. She saw how forgiven and loved I was because of the salvation I received through Christ Jesus. The guilt and shame she has felt since I ended my pregnancy was enormous. Now our relationship had been healed and was better than ever. My dad and I also reconciled. He went in for an operation and had a reaction to the anesthetic. His brain swelled and he presented as though he had dementia. The medical staff talked about putting him in a nursing home, and he was only 59 years old. I took a week off from work to be with him and to spend time praying for his healing around the clock. I wrote scripture verses on slips of paper and left them everywhere in his hospital room. One day, he got up to go to the washroom, and when he came back, I noticed his feet were dirty. I filled a basin with water and set his feet in it. He hesitated for a moment, then he let me wash his feet. His healing was almost immediate. We were so in awe of the power of God. Dad and I talked when he got home, and he told me he had given his heart to the Lord years ago when he was just a young boy. But after what happened in the hospital, he rededicated his life to God. My mom and dad have since gone on to glory and I know Ruthie is sitting on their laps loving them, and they are loving her. My husband and I have been married 39 years and been together for 44 years, which is a miracle because statistically it never should have worked. But God, we hardly ever talk about the abortion, mainly because of the feelings that come back when we do. We have not told our children as of writing this story but there will be another chapter in which God has healed our relationship completely and my children will know they have a little brother or sister in heaven that they will meet one day. What a beautiful story. The power of God in the life of a broken woman, a broken man, how he has restored them and what a tribute to God and his amazing grace and love in our lives when we turn to him. This is a story out of our book, Unborn Untold, True Stories of Abortion and God's Healing Grace. You can purchase your copy on our website, wordstoinspire.ca. 
go to the store, go to the shop, and you can purchase right there. Why not share these stories with your friends and family? Because statistically, we know that there are so many people that have had abortions, so many women, and the ripple effect goes out far and wide. As we close off today, I invite you to be part of the Unborn Movement. There are several ways to be involved. Why not join the Unborn Movement Facebook page, get involved in a local pregnancy center, or start the conversation in your church, providing a safe place for stories to be told. For there is a lot of pain in the pews. Find out more about our ministry at wordstoinspire.ca or contact me, Ruth, at wordstoinspire.ca. Until next time, I'm Ruth Coghill for the Unborn Movement. Bye for now.